stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite World Talk radio shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona, and the big news here is that yesterday we had rain. Right here in the middle of the desert on the 4th of July, we had rain, and it was cool. It was below 100 degrees. Now, if you've lived on the desert, you know how fantastic that can be, and we're going to have some more throughout the week, and that's exciting to me. It's, It's really lovely when we have that. Today on the Self-Improvement Blog, you'll find an article about your authentic self. You'll find a picture and bio of our guest and a review of her book, How to Be You. There are also articles on personal freedom, your health, uh, your health, healthy cooking, coping skills. And these articles change daily, so you know, come back for a visit often. Yesterday, as you know, was Independence Day here in the United States. I hope that each of you who live here took some time to consider how precious our freedom is and also what your responsibility is to help maintain that freedom. It boils down basically to two things, be informed and get involved. I hope all of you do that. You might want to get your calendar out for this one on August 2nd. August 2nd, that's a Thursday broadcast. We're going to have a special call-in show. We've never had a call-in show before. This one is with Gary Spinell on how to get a job. He's the author of 40 Unique and Powerful Keys to Land Your Next Job Now and has some out-of-the-box insights that could help you get the job you want. You know, maybe even your dream job in these jobless times. So, you know, put it on your calendar. Tell your friends. Tomorrow, I will have it posted on the self-improvement blog. So if you want to get his material ahead of time, you know, that would really help you uh, design a question that gets as much information from Gary as you can. I really recommend that if you don't have a job, and haven't been able to find employment that you listen to what Carrie Spinell has to say. Today, we're going to talk about how to be you. 
But I know how to be me, you say. I can almost hear you. Me is the only person I do know how to be. But, hey, let's take a look at it. If I asked you now to tell me who you are, what would you say? Would you define yourself by what you do or who you're related to? Well, I'm so-and-so's wife. I'm so-and-so's husband. You know, how would you define yourself? Do you know what you were believe what you believed that you weren't told you had to believe that you weren't taught as a child and said this is the only thing you can believe about this? Can you honestly say that you've thoroughly examined, understand, and accept everything you believe? And can you say that no one's opinions about you influence you in any way? Yeah, hey, that's a big one. You, do you feel a certain way about people and places because that's what you were taught and you haven't met them yourself or you haven't examined the place? You know, then you really need to pay attention here. Our guest today is Julianne Blackmore. We're welcoming her back. From an early age, Julianne's dream was to end people's suffering. Through her childhood, she realized her many insights, including the discovery that she was psychic, and she's a very good psychic. She was trained as a registered nurse, a career that was short-lived because she was in a magnificent car crash. Seeking self-healing, Julianne trained trained in holistic modalities, including aromatherapy, energy healing, NLP, hypnotherapy, and coaching. In 2004, she received a message that she should write a book, and she promptly set set about to do that and ended up writing 15 books in which she shares her knowledge and her insights gleaned uh, over her lifetime. Today, she's become a role model for others and runs her business, How to Be You, in which she supports people in all areas of life offering extremely accurate, individual, tailor-made psychic readings and intuitive guidance, as well as her art. And you really need to go to her website. She'll tell you how to get there to take a look at her art. She has her books and group seminars. She's very busy and has a lot to offer. It's my privilege to introduce to you Julianne Blackmore. Julianne, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. Oh, thank you very much, Irene. It's a pleasure to be on it again. Yeah, we were delighted to have you before. We talked much more about your illnesses and your challenges today, not so much. Uh, But tell us a little bit about where you grew up and give us a thumbnail of what your childhood was like so we can set the stage for how far you've come. Well, basically, I was brought up to believe that we were going to die. And um, I had to protect myself from that day in, day out. And it became like a fight in me that, you know, everything was going to kill me. And so then I had a lot of speed and anxiety in my body, which made me kind of like a manic child. And my parents didn't know how to control me. Um, This was bad enough, but then I was severely bullied at my school. It started in juniors. It went on to my high school, comprehensive And then it carried on outside of school with people and in a relationship that where I was mentally abused and emotionally abused for over five and a half years. So 
<clears throat> when I was growing up, I always looked beyond what people were saying. But I think it wears you down. You know who you are, but you kind of get mistaken about yourself. Because so, yes. many pe- so many people were being mean to me. So many people were telling me I was this, I was that, I couldn't cope, or I was scared of this, or I was angry, or I was this. And actually, I had a lot of anger and self-hatred in me for a long time. Obviously, you're from England. Tell us a little bit about where you are, um, because you have this wonderful accent. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I live in Bath now, which is um, not far from London, really. Um, it's a beautiful city. I've been here for just over two years, actually, in the centre, but I lived just outside in the suburbs before, which wasn't so nice. We won't go into that. Um, and before that, I was travelling, but then I lived in Bristol, and I grew up in Poulton, which is a, a little village, which they were quite narrow-minded in their outlook in life, and I was always thinking outside of the box And I realized that's really who I am as an individual. I don't follow behind. And when I do, I end up in a lot of pain. So I was sort of discovering myself early on. It must have been really difficult being so sensitive as a child and Mm. having all of these things hurled at you, not knowing quite what to do with them. You You didn't have the skills or the insights as a child to know what was happening to you, did you? Well, I had the insights, and this is where it's brilliant, because now I'm more in tune with what's going on, and I've observed people, and I've observed animals, I've observed their behaviors for like 30 years. So I'm kind of an expert in the mind and how people behave according to how they think and what they do in their lives and how they create the things that happen to them and how they react to them. And this all stemmed from being very young and being bullied. I realized early on there was nothing wrong with me, although this sort of dissipated over time. (laughs) Um, But there was nothing wrong with me. They were in pain. And in my book of evolution, I talk about the chain reaction. When someone's in pain, they haven't got a clue how to deal with it. So they either blame themselves or they project their blame outside. And I was too giving. I was an overachiever, an overgiver. I wanted to heal the world. I wanted to save everyone from a very early age, the age of 10, ending suffering. You know, I wanted to do that. I psychically knew I would have a way of doing that. But I also, I gave too much. So I was a scapegoat for these people's pain. And the best thing was I forgave them. But the worst thing was... I took the blame and then I hated myself because I didn't know how to stop it from happening again and again and again. And what about later in life? How did, how did you come to realize that this is what was happening and what did you learn to do about it? How did you learn to deal with it? I became a victim of other people's pain. And I realized through, through my own intuition, and um, I just the intuition has been in tune with everything, but I always had this lovely wisdom, this beautiful woman inside my mind who was a guide to me. I didn't have any religious beliefs. I, I experienced religion, and it didn't seem to fit, and I was always looking for something different, the truth, if you like. 
And this voice always helped me through. And she always told me, it will get better for you. It will get better for you. One day you will look back and you will understand why. And I always thought, I know my pain's not in vain, but for goodness sake, why do I have to keep going through this? And now, as an older woman, as a wiser, more mature woman, as someone who knows how much pain there is and what was going to happen in the future with the world, I created my destiny to end suffering in me. But by having all the pain, it gave me so much insight as to how people are creating it that I'm in such a fortunate position to help them understand. So not only can they uncreate it and heal themselves mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially, they can actually project that out externally. Hence, I went into the art and fashion. But also, they can prevent it from happening again in a healthier way than fight or flight or anger or all the basic emotions that we have from our animal kingdoms. And how do you help people come to this realization? Well, I think the biggest stepping stone for me, um, good and bad, wasn't my car crash, which actually halted me in this speedy lifestyle of burnout which helped me to to reflect inside and and look at what was happening and why people had been mean and actually turn inside and say, do you know, you're all right. You're not the problem. You don't know how to deal with their, their blame. So let's look at that. So when I started to write How to Be You One, it's actually a book of eight books which is a life journey in eight books, which is quite short, really, because I was 34 when I started writing it. (laughs) And I was 34 when I finished it, because it took me just over three months. But I lived every word as I was writing it. So it's a bit of a mixture of a bit of a blog, but also I was seeing the future, and I wanted to guide people as the reader in my future I was a reader as I was writing it as well. So I was sort of guiding myself into being able to, to understand my psychic abilities to the, to the extent that they've become where I just know what people are thinking. I'm very telepathic so I can read their thoughts. But also I can go beyond the conscious mind into the subconscious so I can embed positive Um, information when they're ready to hear it not even through traditional hypnosis but just like I say it at the time when they're open and they get it and it slots in nicely but I can also read their higher consciousness which is what guided me not just through my life at the beginning when I was so upset and so poor inside of anyone's love and praise and acknowledgement which meant I had very low self-esteem but I could also guide myself through my books. So How to Be You One was a journey of my self-realization. But the clever thing is the people who read it are living it as well. Because I was in tune with what they'd need in the future, although they could have done with it a few years back as well, they actually live the dream through my words. They're releasing their pain. They're building their self-esteem. They're understanding the human mind. And it is a very complex 
thing. It's, it's the nature of the beast. We, we come from animals. We act like animals. <laughs> but, but we're changing. And what we're changing into is human beings. And the book I'm actually writing at the moment is called One, How to Be a Human Being. And it's a guidebook as to all of you. Because no one ever gave me that. And through all the pain and the suffering, I was able to look at it, deal with it, heal it, go through it, hate it, scream, shake, pull my hair out, literally, because of the hate. But also, on the other side of that, see that there was a message to my creations that even though I was in control of the bad and it's down to me for creating it, which is quite a hard thing to accept and that's where forgiveness comes in. And your first question was how do I help people? All of this, I know what they need. I'm so in tune with their needs, not just through my past experiences because a lot of people are good at what they do because you can relate to the fact they've been there too. Right. It's not just that. I'm in tune with the human mind. I know exactly what they need, when they need it, and I give it to them with a combination of brilliant skills that get results so quickly. And you read a book, you reviewed Proof Positive, the book that heals you, that awakens you to your healing powers last time. Right. Um, It's time for us to go to break, Julianne. I want to talk more about this when we come back. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Julianne Blackmore saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more. World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. Everyone has a belief system that they stand by. It's comfortable and safe. If you believe that a hot stove will burn you, you won't touch it. Sometimes beliefs like this are practical, but some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much. These are the ones that might be holding you back. There's a secret to changing your belief system, and by doing so, achieve goals and live a happier, better life. Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambrechts, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Julianne Blackmore. We're talking about 
uh, her series of books. I want to go back just a little bit. Um, you said you were told in 2004 to write a book. Tell us about that. You know, where did that message come from? Tell us about a little bit about that inner voice and how then the book flowed from you. Give us a little thumbnail of that. Okay, well, it was quite fantastic, actually. I was very much into spirituality at the time. And so I, I used to jump on board the latest thing, really, I suppose, until I realized I didn't need to because I, I was special anyway, you know. But I'd been to see someone who was channeling, and I went back and I was doing healing, and I just started channeling this information to people. And then I put a name to the person or the, the enlightened being that I was channeling. So I was very into the reasoning that I could channel. So I was in bed one day in um, January 2004, and I just heard in my mind that I would write a book. And I went, oh, oh, tell me, what's this book? What's this book? And I thought I was um, hearing from a, a, an enlightened being, a guide within me, because, like I said, I believed in that at the time. And this guide said, oh, how to be. And I went, oh, how to be, how to be what, how to be, how to be, tell me, tell me. And it wouldn't. <laughs> so I started writing that day. And I wrote, and I wrote, and my clients tailed off, and I spent more time writing. And then I come up with just the thought, well, not even a thought, I just came out with it. I'm going to travel. I'm going to leave and go to America on a one-way ticket. I'm giving up everything here and I'm writing. And so I proceeded to get rid of everything and sell things, give things away, got rid of my cats, stopped renting a house, got a one-way ticket, small suitcase of clothes, didn't even take my laptop. So I actually was writing on notepaper at the time. Oh. <laughs> and I went and I carried on writing. And I, as I wrote through the book... It became more apparent to me. At the beginning, it was more sort of coaching questions and NLP. But I'd already said that I was going to write a book that would um, marry spirituality, NLP, and coaching. So this was the book. And it went through a phase, and there were, I don't know, I think there's about eight chapters for the first part of the book, which I called a book called How to, How to Be You. Then it went on to How to Be, which is the second part, which is, it, they all have beginnings and ends. For some reason, they had to be split into separate books. But I think there's so much quality information that you do need them to be smaller. So, and how to be, I was sat on a plane going to San Francisco, and Mykonon, my guide, was talking to me. And I'm sat there writing on this plane saying, well, who are you then? Who are you and why have you chosen me? <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> Okay, And this stream of consciousness, which I later found out I was channeling a stream of consciousness mixed in with human consciousness. And as you proceed through this series of books, it still carries on as your consciousness listening to a stream of consciousness that when you believe in God or God, and angels and guides, you believe that message or that voice, that stream of consciousness that you're actually part of because you're a human being is coming from somewhere else or someone. 
So I'm sat on the plane talking to this guide and this guide is telling me, it doesn't matter what you think my name is, I am you. And I'm writing this down in how to be and I'm going, he's just told me that it's me. All right, full of doubt. No, no, you know, I can't believe because I'm actually the reader of these words and the writer. And I'm just going, no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. Come on, stop having a laugh with me. Come on, come on. You're making on. Let me, let me write your name down. Write my name down. I am you. One day you will see this is true. And I'm like, well, I'll carry on anyway. Carry on answering my questions for me. <laughs> and I go through all these different questions and answers. But then, it, and then the book carries on. And then I, I have a chapter where it says, um, enlightened, smightened. I'm like, I, I thought I was enlightened. And then I'm sat in the garden crying my eyes out because I'm, in, <laughs> I'm so upset with all the pain of my past because I was, memori- I was memorizing it, really. I was remembering it. And then if that wasn't enough, I was looking at all the pain of everyone else. So I'm just in floods of tears going, enlightened, smightened. I'm not enlightened. <laughs> And it just carries on and carries on. And it is. All of the books are a stream of truth, of pure consciousness that heals you, that expands you, that involves you and invites you to step open or step away from your conscious doubt. Because a reader of mine has doubt in their mind. And when they become at one, a whole human being... That is when you have no more fear, no more doubt. You're not animalistic in your behaviors because you have transcended to the one mind of super consciousness. Let me ask you a very practical question, Julianne. Mm -hmm. How did you bring these books to the public eye and how can people find them? Well, it took eight years of forget it, just forget it, just don't do anything about it. (laughs) Because when I wrote The Book of Truth in 2004, I said I would take all of my books and I was actually in the process of writing 22 in a long stream. (laughs) But I threw a few away, amalgamated some. And so basically I said I'd take them all to a publisher and they'd all be published at once. And they're a mix of poems, meditations, real life experiences. No hardback publisher I've met would publish poetry with fiction or poetry with factual information. And I only tried it once, and in my head popped ebooks. And I thought, 2004, I didn't know what an ebook was, but it shut me up asking. So, anyway, I went to a networking the other day, about in March, eight years on from when I'd finished the first book, and I met a digital publisher. And he has designed an app for an iPad and an iPhone and an iPod Touch that allows the reader to buy the book with the app at a nominal price. The app is like less than a pound, really, or um, what's that? Nearly $2 in your terms. Uh, No, $50, isn't it? Anyway, sorry. (laughs) I can't do pounds to dollars. No, 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 sorry. It's six, yeah. It wouldn't it's, be 50, I don't think, but no, 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 no. I think well, it's on your website. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, and basically, they allow you to communicate with each other. The readers can build up a community. So if you've bought one of my books and someone else has bought one, you can log in and you can communicate. 
There's also a space where you can do your personal journaling. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you can also put comments back to me as the author. So the other good thing is I want everyone to have access to them that wants them. And not everyone of a certain age or can't afford it hasn't got an iPhone or an iPad. So he's actually getting them published as e-books as for e-readers, Kindles and computers as well. And if you go to my website, there's a description of every book. And at the moment, he's published 15. There's two he's working on. Um, I'm writing three at the moment, and there will be a lot more in the future. Um, and there will be a link to the Apple Store or to Amazon where you can just buy them direct. But the good thing is the first book of book one is for free as a sample with the app. So if you have got an iPad or an iPhone, you can go to my site and then you can link in with Apple Store and you can download the first book of How to Be You One for free. Okay, what's your website? We need it, to know your website. It's www.howtobeyou.com H-O-W-T-O-B-E-Y-O-U yeah, howtobeyou.com. And while you're there, take a look at Julianne's artwork. Some of it is really so remarkable and so lovely. You know, just spend a little time there. She has a lot of things on that website. And with that thought, it's time for us to go to break. We'll come back with more in just a moment. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Julianne Blackmore, saying please stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the Self Improvement Blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Julianne Blackmore. We're talking about her books, and she has a lot of them. And I'm going to ask Julianne now you know, to, to run through her titles and tell us what the books are about so you have some idea about this volume of work that she's done. Julianne, give us a little thumbnail of your books. Okay, well... There's inspirational words for an inspirational world, which is basically poetry and unique quotes from me. Um, There's proof positive, the one I said you reviewed, and that's actually talking to you from the heart of heaven, if you like. Um, There's no specific name for who's talking to you, but it's basically being channeled from a place of pure love where it can heal you as you read it. And it was specifically written for people with chronic pain or with long-term illness or a potential terminal illness when they actually don't believe that's where their heading is the end. Um, There's also the Book of Evolution, which is very interesting because when I was writing it, I was actually having fits and I was going unconscious from these fits. And I was stuck into this spirituality and at the, at the time I thought it was brilliant but actually working with people who are where I used to be I understand how dangerous it is that I thought I was having spiritual epiphanies and my vibration was raising I was actually physically burning out and the book of evolution talks through the experience but it also amalgamates wisdom and clarity and truth and future vision, which all of the books have within them. There's um, How to Be You Too, explores life, death, and the universe. So that's a big one, and that's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then How to Be You Three is a bit of a cheeky number because it's called Fact or Fiction, You Decide. And basically, it looks at you as a human without the being inside. And then it looks as you as a being. And again, when I was writing it, I really thought I was mad. I thought I was schizophrenic when I was writing them because there were two of me, um, one conscious, one super conscious. And the two hadn't really married properly and become a whole human being as I am today. So there was always this discrepancy. But that's why they're so brilliant for the reader because the reader hasn't expanded into the super consciousness where they're at one with themselves so there's also um, all and nothing which is all about building up a balanced lifestyle which goes really well with stories for the business mind which is a book of how to enjoy your job but actually see your job as life not work 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 if you've got no life but actually explore what it means to use logic and intuition coupled together to make life in professionally so easy and make or make not make money from it. Um, there's stories, a compilation of stories, which are metaphors and stories that to boost children and adults' self-esteem that I've taken throughout the collection of books and put into one collection of books. Um, oh, so many. <laughs> so many. Is there a common thing that links all of your books? Is there, is, you know, do you have a common theme? Yeah. Um, going back to when I was 10, I said I'd end suffering. Well, 
through my journey, through my exploration of how we're thinking, we're at so many different levels of awareness that I couldn't just write one book. So the common theme is the same all the way throughout, but just packaged in a different way. And as with inspirational words, you know, not everyone likes a book of poetry or quotes, but there's a pocket book, which is actually a quick fix on how to be you. And the common theme is you're a victim of yourself. So everything you create is your creation, be it pain, be it disease, be it um, a bank balance that you roll around and love and laugh about and buy everything you want, a lovely bunch of friends, the most amazing job, the most amazing partner in your life, a baby, or really horrible, nasty things that you really wish hadn't happened. The common theme is that the superconsciousness is where the master exists. And I am bringing forth the master from myself to become the creator of my future, which when you understand the way we, our minds work and the abilities we have as human beings, you're already creating your future. But if you haven't got the awareness, then, oh, my God, you need to wake up and look at what your past has created inside of you and you'll keep recreating it. And the art is a visual tool of the books. So I look at the vortex of infinity in life, death, and the universe of how my experiences have changed me because I take time to reflect. I have a lot of insight. I'm very lucky I always have. And that's why the vortex of infinity became a piece of art. Let me ask you this. You talk about ending suffering. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I would like for you to clarify that a little bit. And let me ask you this. It seems to me that some, and I don't like suffering. I'm not in favor of suffering. I, not, <laughs> I don't advocate suffering. <laughs> but don't some of our greatest life lessons come from our suffering when we reflect on what this is and who we are and what we learn from it. You know, would we just continue at a snail's pace if we didn't now and then encounter some suffering? No, we wouldn't. And that's the whole point. I'm here to help people end suffering. I think I'm going to be, well, I know I'm going to be well-known professionally because I have the capacity and because I've experienced the pain. But I didn't just keep experiencing and experiencing. I learned from it. And the book, How to Be a Human Being, I couldn't have written that if I hadn't have experienced the basic toolkit that if you go back to my childhood when I was bullied and I had self-deprivation and hatred, if I'd had the skills and tools that I have now, that I've written about, that I've explored and actually used in very similar circumstances recently in my workplace, in my home life, in relationships, then I wouldn't have had suffered half as much as what I did. And the thing is, we're taught to suffer because our minds are geared to survive. Now, that's the animal in us. I believe in evolution. I don't believe in religion. I believe in evolution. And we're taught to survive. And the more I see people acting like animals, they're living in greed. The economy is the way it is because people are greedy. 
there's a lot of people who are selfless, but that's tipped the balance in their way too far that way and they're not living materially there's these gurus that give 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 their channels for unconditional love but they have nothing materially they're happy with that but i am an example of someone who lives spiritually and materially balanced as a whole human being and if i have had that much pain that i have realized what would stop it i cannot sit back and let the world and people believe that pain teaches us lessons. Read a book, Irene. I wrote many. If you can learn how to stop recreating disease and pain in your brain that is actually killing your body, be it instantly or be it dramatically slowly, then we are going to live a lot longer when we wake up to the fact of who we actually are and that we are our own creator. Oh, I agree. Let me ask you this question. I'm just, you know, somebody off the street, and I hear you talking <laughs> about how to be you. How do I know if I'm not being authentic? How does that lack of authenticity show up in my life? Well, you know, because your head is not married to your heart. When your heart is in control of you, physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you are floating on air. You are emotionally balanced, but you are full of the higher emotions of joy and passion and acceptance. Whatever you do, you have no regret. You learn if you've made a, a mistake, like I shouldn't have talked about finance because it's not my strong point changing currency on air. So, you know, I've learned that. I won't do it again. But perfect for an example. But I was trying to give too much, you know, I should have shut up. But so I knew I was being what I, what. I found out the term was incongruent. I wasn't being true to me as a person. And when you're not being true, you know. You've said something, you think, oh, no. Oh, why did I say that? I've just hurt that person's feelings. Oh, my God. But then you go away and you think, hang on a minute. When I'm the most important person in my life and I have the most value in my life, then I'm not going to run roughshod over people's feelings because that gives me total respect and self-worth. And so I don't have to put anybody down to build me up. But I won't say anything to people please someone now. Whereas in the past, I knew that wasn't me. I knew I wanted to stop myself from hurting because it's selfish really. But it's the bigger picture. If you don't want to hurt someone's feelings, it's because you don't want them to hit you back. So you'll do anything not to say no, not to have a boundary, not to say, I'd rather not go there, or I don't like what you're wearing, or, you know, you're just not being authentic to what you know is your truth. And then you'll go away and you beat yourself up about it because you haven't done what you know is right for you. That's how you know. <laughs> so you're not saying, though, that when you're being you, it's okay to be rude. That You're not no. saying that. God, no. Because <laughs> when you're being true to yourself, you are so happy. You have no ego left to prove exactly. yourself as better than your peer. 
So, so there's no pressure. Are you saying that if I don't have the joy, I don't have the self-confidence um, and the, the th- you know the lovely list of things you mentioned, that I probably am not being authentic or I would be experiencing joy and high self-esteem, et cetera, et cetera? I'm that saying you're, saying you're not coming from your heart, which is your super supreme okay. consciousness. Let's talk a little bit more about that. You, say, you make this statement in the book. And it's a, it, this is a quote. Get the head out of the way by bringing it back to the present and the heart can do its job creating the future. Talk a little bit about that and the difference in the role of the head and the heart. Okay, we have to look at the conscious mind. The conscious mind is logic. Logic, we're here, we have bodies, we need money, we need to survive. That's our logic. Through the economy shifting through not having enough money, through not having enough, and we've been brought into a society of scarcity, okay? So if you're constantly thinking that you haven't got enough, you're going to overdo it, overdo it, overdo it, until A, you burn out, you get fed up, you read a book, you write a book, in my case, or you just give up and, and live in poverty, and scarcity. So your heart is abundant in your needs being met at that present time. So your head will try anything in its power to protect you from death. As going back to the beginning of the show, when I was a child, I love my mum and dad unconditionally now. I know that their upbringing made them who they were and who they are, and they brought me into the world with that upbringing. And their upbringing was to fear things dying. So we have to work hard. We have to protect ourselves from pain. We have to not trust anyone. We have to be conscientious that we're saving money again. We're not allowed to have fun because life's hard, because all we're doing is surviving. We're just surviving. Now, the heart thrives. The heart knows prosperity. It knows we're alive. And on that note, I want to take us to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to listen to the heart. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Julianne Blackmore, saying stay tuned and come back to learn how to listen to your heart. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly 
quickly slipped off and on if you were asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. We're on our last lap with Julianne Blackmore. Before the break, we were talking about the role of the head and the heart. I want to ask Julie, how do people listen to their heart? What does the heart say? Well, there's lots of different ways. But the heart speaks all the time when it needs to be heard. And when I was a child, and even though I had so much on my mind and all my conscious thoughts were how to protect myself, hence I was always in fear. Every time I went to school, I was in total fear. I surrounded myself physically by cotton wool, so I had a lot of phlegm in my body. I had a lot of aches where I was always tense, hence I've associated um, mental health with our physical health. And the heart is beyond your conscious belief that you are human. So we have to look at understanding ourselves more. If we just think we're human and we're flesh and blood, but we can access some kind of spiritual knowledge somehow, then we're not listening as much as we will in the future. So the more understanding you have, the more you understand what is your heart. And the heart is a consciousness that heals you, that loves you unconditionally. And even when I thought no one liked me, my heart loved me. And even when I was thinking suicidal thoughts and I really hated myself, I heard my heart. So even the noisiest mind of, no, 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 I got this going on, I got everyday thinking is not your heart. Your heart sounds like wisdom. It sounds like it has power of truth within. It sounds like love. It sounds like the writer of my books talking to the reader. It sounds like yourself without any noise. And if you can meditate, you can clear your mind for a few seconds or minutes or hours, however good you are at meditating. And I've written guided meditations to support people in doing that. And it's going to become an audio textbook and there's MP3 meditation MP3 as well. So, or you can just sit quietly and you can write, you know, I, I came to my heart through listening, being aware of it, hearing it outside of me and believing it was a guide or I was channeling something enlightened within me. And then I stepped back and when I started writing, it became clear there was two parts to me. 
the head and the heart. And I follow the heart and I let the heart be in my head. I haven't got another mind now. My heart is my mind. Ah, lovely. Any more books in the pipeline? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I have an idea that your pipeline is a gusher. Oh, yes. (laughs) Can you share... Can you tell us what's coming? Well, my beautiful, wonderful digital publisher, he got landed all these books in one go, and he's still doing his best to get the first lot out. So there are still the meditation book um, coming out soon. There's one that I wrote not so long ago in a week called The Big Seven Haters, which is brilliant because it covers all the seven major issues that we face in the 21st century. And it gives you video and text of wisdom, knowledge, and practical application. And it it also has my art to support you in the visual media of that. And it's how to be healthy, how to be... Um, achieve stress-free productivity, how to create work-life balance, how to build empowering relationships. Hopefully that'll be out in August. Um, I'm currently nearly finished one, How to Be a Human Being, which basically leads me on to when your normal is paranormal, which I love to research my books. There's a lot of work that goes into my books. The actual writing doesn't take me very long. I wrote my business book in a Saturday afternoon. But the research takes me a long time. And the when your normal is the paranormal is exploring the field of energy and the um the sense the um extrasensory perception inside of me and making sense of it to the people who will read the book and help them understand how they're creating things using their energy, which again relates back. If you can protect your body through a field of energy, why would you make yourself ill out of fear to protect yourself? Yeah. There's also I see you even more, have a, I more see, coming after that. <laughs> I, I see you even have a cookbook. Oh, yes, yes. That's, that's a lot of fun. That's intuitive cooking for a single person. And okay, all... what's intuitive cooking? for? If I wanted to be intuitive and cook for me, how does that work? Chuck it all in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's a bit more scientific than that. Taste it with your extrasensory perception. Intuitively <laughs> feel what the meal is going to be like. Then chuck it all in. <laughs> then chuck it all in. Buy the recipes because they're intuitively <laughs> designed for it. They're very balanced, nutritious, gorgeous food that are very quick to cook, delicious to eat, and they're all about boosting your self-esteem that you do deserve to cook good food for yourself. Just because you're single, it doesn't matter. I'm wondering when you have time to cook when you're doing all this writing. But no, I'm not. It's balanced. My life is balanced. That's why I live and walk and eat and sleep and I preach my truth. I live a balanced life. I do not work more than 40 to 45 hours a week. Good but Writing isn't all you do, though. You obviously cook. What else mm-hmm. do you do? You have other things that yeah. have gone on. I do individual sessions, which, as you said at the beginning, are totally tailor-made. And because the results are so brilliant, they don't come back. <laughs> they, they think I can't afford to pay 
a certain amount like any therapist might charge and they well, I can't afford to be in, in therapy for years and I'm like no because the combination of skills are tailor made to suit you it doesn't last years it could be one session it could be one two session. three yeah. you know um, I do expansion seminars which um, I've, I have so much knowledge to do with health and wealth and happiness that um, I tailor make them to suit the groups that I speak to and I'm going to start doing them as webinars so that they can be heard internationally. I've also um, d changed the workshop feel of it to a retreat. So I've got my first retreat coming up in Cornwall of um, relaxation and stress-free productivity and that's in a luxury, beautiful Hearn's barn, which beautiful accommodation, wonderful three-course meals and snacks and lunch and breakfast, and me doing a relaxation, stress-free productivity course. And I'm assuming this is all on your website. It is. Everything's on my website. Julianne, um, I hate to interrupt you, but we're right up to the end of the show, so I'd like to ask you, What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Be true to yourself and let go of the fear of rejection because you'll always be trying to please someone else. Oh, those are powerful words. Be true to yourself. Next week's guest is Jessie Snyder, who's had a remarkable story battling AIDS after she contracted the HIV virus through a blood transfusion as a teenager. You won't want to miss her remarkable story. Julianne, it's been wonderful having you on again today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me back. It's been amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Go to her website, howtobeyou.com, and read about all the other things that Julianne does. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Julianne Blackmore saying thank you for listening today and I ask you to come back and join us again next week when we have Jesse Snyder. Thank you. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk.